So I told you guys that I would be with two episodes this week. Well, here's number two. This is Jason Fulmore from Southeastern Wrestling. Um, we talk a ton of wrestling. And I had a lot of fun. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. There are a few technical issues on this podcast. Um, I didn't realize one until I was done recording. So, sorry, you guys and Jason for that. I'll work with them next time to fix those issues and eliminate the problem. So, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Hey, Jason. Hey, man. I'm not sure why it was not working earlier. I'm. I. Is it working now for you? Yeah. I mean. It connected fine now, so. Awesome, awesome. Can, well, you, can, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, as we, you're, you know, you're a returning guest, and as we are talking right now, tell everybody where you're headed. 
Say, say that again. I said, uh, as we talk right now, tell everybody where you're headed because you're headed to another wrestling tournament, like always. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I got in the car this morning in Georgia, and uh, the destination is Greensboro, North North Carolina, for the North Carolina Individual State Tournament, which actually, which actually begins uh, in a few hours this afternoon. Nice, nice. Well, we've we've got a lot of t- catching up to do because since we've last talked, we've had state duels in Georgia, we've had Tennessee state duels, and we've had Georgia state individuals. That is correct. And, going, and we've had other states, but th- but those are the those are some of the big ones. Yes, absolutely. Yes, definitely. Those are the ones I, I knew about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Generally, were there any surprises for you in this Georgia State duels? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that um, you know, in the Georgia State duels, you know, it wasn't surprising. What wasn't surprising was, you know, Camden County did their thing, and and Buford took care of business um, in theirs. Uh, Tryon won a really good one A uh, over Social Circle and that sort of thing. Um, but you know, there were, there were some other teams that I don't know. So there were some other teams that it wouldn't necessarily have been a surprise. Cass won 5A and, and Lovett won, uh, 2A. Um, they were definitely amongst the contenders, but they weren't clear favorites like Camden and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rockmart beat Gilmer, um, in what ended up being a kind of a controversial ending to that duel, um, but I, I think that I think the one thing that was um, maybe surprising for everyone around the state, except for the kids from West Lawrence, was okay. West Lawrence beating Jefferson. Yes, that's definitely shocking to most people. But people who know the West Lawrence program, they know they're pretty good year in and year out. Yeah, yeah, and 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 to be fair, they had they had great kids in different weights and all those sorts of things, but. You know the way I look at the way I look at uh, a lot of brackets and the way I look at duels is, you know, like a path to victory. You know, and and I just looked at, you know, the path to victory as they kind of match up with different things. And I was like, you know, West Lawrence certainly has a path to victory, but they need a lot of things. They need to make a lot of things happen to make mm-hmm. that happen. And they did. They they. They totally pulled it off. They they put kids at the right weight. They got bonus points when they needed to get bonus points. And, you know, Jefferson sat in the last, um, you know, three matches with needing three falls, which they got. But by that point in time, they were going to lose on criteria anyway. So, um, you know, West Lawrence took care of business right from the get-go. And, and uh, it was, uh, it, I think it was a surprise to most of us, yeah. Selfishly, I was hoping you wouldn't bring up Love It and Double A, but I guess we got to talk about it. <laughs> well, you know they wrestle great. You know they um, they uh, they they wrestle fantastic in the matchups that they needed to have, and uh, yeah, you know they beat they beat a good Oglethorpe County team. So you you may. And the one thing I want to make sure everybody I talk that I say, if anybody listens, because last time we talked for an hour and 45 minutes, I don't know if anybody wants to listen to me 
me talk or you and I talk for now for my best. But um, the one thing that I want to say is I am in the car and I am driving. So if I remember anything incorrectly, which is totally possible with somebody who is 50-something years old, um, I want you to know that it is not a, done on purpose. It is purpose. It is completely me just being swimming in names and wrestling and just uh, a preponderance of of uh, information over the last few weeks. Well, I'm sure you will forget more than I'll ever remember about wrestling in the southeast. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, that might be fair, but you know, it only takes one where somebody's mom or somebody's you know somebody you know some kid or something here's something that goes they got that wrong and it's it's that one that one time when you get something wrong that all you have to do is get it wrong and somebody will let you know you know what i mean definitely i know right um so i guess let's go class by class try and shout out or little plug i have their coach on the uh, podcast for next week that out um they season this whole season they've impressed me they've and beating people left and right, and it didn't stop in the stables. Yeah, no, I mean, so coming in, you, you knew that the Pisca Commerce, you know, Social Circle, you know, there were going to be some teams who had some good individuals and, you know, had good teams from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. But, but Tryon, for me, just very early on, number one, they brought out, they, they brought back. 14 kids who went to the state tournament a year ago, like two years ago now, you know, mm-hmm. not this past state tournament, but the year, the year before. Right. And, and, you know, you can't, I mean, you can't replicate that level of experience. I don't care if you've got a great kid coming in at a particular weight, um, you know, in a duels, it's a race to eight. You can have five absolute hammers and lose a duel if you don't have nine others that are good. Right. So, <clears throat> so try on, they didn't have any holes. They just were, they were solid. They were, they were really good at certain weights and then they were good at certain weights and they just, they just were tough. And I think for me, it was early in the year. Well, um, probably, probably December, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere the weekend somewhere in there that they went up to, um, I believe it was Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Oh yeah. And they beat, they beat Jefferson mm-hmm. in the duel and they beat some other really good teams. And I said, I don't, I don't think that anybody in, in one a certainly is going to hang with them. No. And I... you know, and, and, and it, pro- it, it proved out, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. When I saw they beat Jefferson up there at that uh, Smoky Mountain Duels tournament, I was I was impressed, and I was like, "Yeah, this this program's there." There's not many many people in single like, if they're if they can hang with them. Yeah, well, you know, one of the, one of the fun things was that after um, after the individual state tournament, um, I got to sit down and and do some interviews with some of the kids and. Uh, and uh, we posted them and everything else, and it was just fun to kind of talk to them. And Brantley Wilbanks basically he, he came out and said, you know, that that uh, you know th- this is a group that's been wrestling since they were little kids together. Mm-hmm. They've all mm-hmm. been together wrestling, you know, over year and year and year and year. And and you know, I I just don't. I mean, I think it was 
pretty evident how talented of a team that Trayon had this year. Um, now, Social Circle was second. I can't remember who was third and fourth. Can you? I don't. Um, not off the top of my head. Um, yeah, Social Circle was second. Um, if I were to guess, I, I would say it was, was Commerce and Pisca, but but uh, but no, I'm, I'm going to get that one wrong. I, I don't know off the top of my head who was third and fourth. So it looks like single A played out like we uh, pretty much predicted it was back in December. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, you know, the one thing with the smaller classifications is that I think you have less variation, you know, less variance in the programs. I mean, there's a lot of really good programs, Pacelli and St. Francis and and Holy Innocence and I think Screeping County and, and all these different ones. But, but they're just in a dual situation. They're just, they're just chasing the, the, the top programs at the moment, you know, it doesn't mean that they won't mm-hmm. get there at some point in time, but at the moment they're just, uh, I mean, I was looking at St. Francis's uh, qualifiers for their second. Mm-hmm. And every single on that list is a freshman. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's the type of thing. You know, you get you get a preponderance of, of young kids. In the future, if they can hold them all together, they'll be a good team. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe what Tryon was four years ago or three years right. ago. But, but, you know, I mean, who knows if that'll happen. And you don't expect those freshmen to come in and and compete with, you know, seniors who have already been there and done that right um now single a in the individuals now i don't know any of the results from this so i'm having a hard time hearing you can you hear me i lost you are you there yep you there i'm having a hard time hearing you i don't know why uh i got you i got you go ahead all right so i'm not sure of any of the results from this so you're gonna have to help me out um team wise who won individuals this past weekend for single leg, uh, in single leg tryon. Okay, um, that doesn't surprise me. Um, who was? Do you know who second and third were? I don't. Um, I, I, I didn't pay that close attention. I, I would, I would bet money that Social Circle was second. Um, Commerce had a, a really pretty good run, um, and Pisca had uh, several kids I know on the podium. Um, but I, I don't. I don't know who was second and third. Sorry, man. All right. Um, all right. I don't want to talk about this, but I got, I got, I guess I got to. Double A for the uh, duels tournament. Love it. Yeah. So. Oglethorpe. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, was it? Ah, it's been three weeks, so I can't remember. Uh, 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 love it. Love it pretty much took care of business. Um, yeah. You know, they, uh, they, again, we talk about paths to, to win, and I think Oglethorpe needed a few things to happen. And, you know, when those things didn't kind of materialize, um, it was going to be hard for them to overcome the points that they had given up. And I think Lovett, Lovett won fairly comfortably. I don't know if they forfeited the last couple weights to make the, the um, dual – score much closer mm-hmm. but it, I think I'm pretty sure it was over before before we got to the last before we got to the last uh, weight class 
I could be wrong, but I, I, the score was 50 to 18. I remember that. That's ingrained in my head, unfortunately. Um, so it wasn't. So it was. So it wasn't really all that close. It might have been close for a period of time, but like I said, I know Oglethorpe needed certain things to happen that didn't happen. And if anybody listening does not realize it already, I, I graduated from Oglethorpe, and I'm a huge wrestling fan from Oglethorpe. So if nobody's picked that up yet, <laughs> right. Right, um, so there's a little bias in your in our conversation. Just just a little bit from here. Just a little bit. Got it. Oh, I think it was Dade and Fannin got third or fourth. And then you had, rounding out, you had Lamar, uh, Pepperell somewhere in there. You had Vidalia and Harrelson County somewhere in there. Yeah, so, so you had your top eight. Um, um, I think Dade came through for for third um but i but again i could be wrong but yeah all right i think it was fan and fourth um but i I could be wrong there um now double a for the uh, individuals you know who won that tournament yeah i'm I'm, uh love it won the tournament um i know i interviewed uh several of their champions uh kel kusky who won it at six Parker Coy, who won it at 32, I think. Um, Chris Mance, who won it at 52. Christian Bell won it at 220. Might be mis- I might be missing a, a, a champ in there. I'm sorry, love it if they're listening. Um, so they they put quite a few on the top of the podium, and uh, and uh, I know I went talking with Parker Coy. He was talking about how how special. Um, you know, winning two states, individual state titles was for him, but but also how awesome it was to to win the dual state title. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they won the, the traditional as well. Um, don't ask me who was second or third. I don't know. Okay, you read my mind. I know Oglethorpe had two state titles, two state champions. I two do know state that. champions. Yes. Yeah. I uh, Shane. I talked to Shane Watson. I know that. Um, do you remember who the other uh, state champ was for Oglethorpe? I'd have to look at the Facebook. I saw it earlier today, and their names went through my head. It's all good. It's um, all good. But yeah, that. Look, I think next year, uh, Love It will be in three A, and Oglethorpe's going to be back down in sing down in single A for the first time ever. Oh, is that right? I know there's a lot of shifting. There's yeah. been a lot of conversations about how Buford is moving up to seven A, and and all that, and. And I do know lots of people wanted to have those conversations. Um, what I basically was telling everybody was, hey, I got to get through the state tournament and kind of focus. Otherwise, you start putting that information in my head. I'll start messing up, you know, talking about <laughs> talking about who, won what, what, where. You know what I mean? Right. And I'll just – I'll throw this out there and I'll move on. I'm not happy with it, the people moving up and down. Because, for instance, Carrollton – they have 1,700 students, and they're going to be put in 7A. That's ridiculous. So why – yeah, so why why is that? Because of the 3.0 multiplier uh, for out-of-district students. Oh. And Carrollton doesn't even have that many out-of-district students playing athletics. So – Yeah. I'm using them as an example because I've heard their statistics. So – and some of the yeah, regions, no. like some of the regions, you know, uh, Temple up in north, kind of northwest Georgia, has to go all the way down to Barnesville, 
and Sly County, but I think Sly County dropped out of that region. Yeah, so. no, I, I, you know, so, I mean, the reason that the classifications obviously are in place the way they are anyway is because mm-hmm. you're trying to equalize, you're trying to equalize, you know, to as schools open and and ro- enrollment at certain schools decreases or increases and different things like that. You're trying to keep the playing field fairly level. Right. And then you under also understand why there's a multiplier, because if you are able to move from an out-of-district school, you know, it is an advantage for, you know, if you have a, a bunch of kids moving in and that sort of thing. Right. But, so I understand the point of it. The, the question, I guess, I guess, I guess I would pose back to you is what do you I mean what is I understand what you're making the point you're making about Carrollton but is there a better solution to make sure that you know people are put into the right the right classifications um with me I'm not as the public my my perfect idea is putting private schools in two divisions and public schools in their own divisions um okay Letting the chips fall where they may with the out-of-district kids with the high school or the public schools. Because my biggest issue is, like, for instance, when I was in in school, we ran cross-country against all private schools at state. And we were the fourth team at state, but everybody ahead of us was Wesleyan, Lovett, and uh, Pace Academy or somebody like that. And we were, like, it's – they recruit all over the place. So that's my only issue. I don't really have as big of an issue with the public schools as much as, like I said, the private schools. Yeah, well, and, I mean, I know next year that there is somewhat of a public-private split, right? Because a lot of the schools like Pacelli and Mount DeSales and things like that are going over to the, the GISA, right? I believe so. Um, now, in single A, they were split up before before this coming year. They were split in every sport, but wrestling and uh, you know, not your main sports, which wrestling should be a main sport. It's like, um, you know, biased. Right, right. <laughs> All right, um, I know we. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, it, it's it. Everybody's kind of got their opinion on. You know, if you jump on Facebook, you know, you can totally see everybody's got their opinion as it relates to how the tournament should be run and how, you know, how the classifications, how many classifications you have should have and all these different things. And and I certainly have my own opinions. Um, I just and 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 I wonder, I mean, you know, OK, we draw the conclusion that the GHSA decides to do make decisions based upon certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, most people would say that's because of money and, and all these uh, and all this and everything else, or who has influence and, and all of that. Um, I'm, I'm good with all the criticism. My biggest, my biggest question is, you know, trying to go back to offering solutions mm-hmm. to the problems that are presenting it. Um, Instead of, and, and you know, I don't like all the solutions. Tony, Coach Armas at uh, at Bremen, I think, would want you know the state tournament moved out of Macon and separated like the duels are back to all the different you know schools and things like that. 
which I wouldn't be a fan of. I don't, I, that's not what I would think, but he's offering a solution. So, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't complain about the solutions if, you know, you can't complain if you don't at least offer a solution. You know what I mean? See, I like the tournament in making because that is center of Georgia. Yeah. I think. Yeah, no. I, I mean, personally, I, I mean, I'm biased because I want the tournament in Macon because you live I want, well, yeah, I live there, but <laughs> I, didn't, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. I, w- I mean, I want the tournament in Gwinnett. Mm-hmm. I just want all the, I want all of the, I want all of them in one location, mm-hmm. you know, and I talk to wrestlers and most wrestlers feel the same way. They want to watch, if they're in 7A, they want to watch Caleb Henson wrestle in 5A. They want to mm-hmm. watch the best kids in other classifications because they know them. Mm-hmm. They, you know, you don't get that opportunity if you have it at seven different locations. Right. Um, now the state duels are were at eight different lo- or seven different locations. They were. You, they were. You, I heard a lot of people. I heard a lot of people not okay with that either. Well, you know, I think again you have your two camps. I think that there's the camp of, of, you know, it's probably less of a burden. Um, on some schools, because you know, if you head to Bremen and and you know you have to put up a team or whatever, it probably costs less than it does to come to Macon. Um, but you know, somebody might have to drive from you know almost Camden County all the way up there. You know, right. is that even more of a burden? You know what I mean? Right. I know. Um, yeah, go ahead. Like, for instance, Swainsboro, had, they were seated to travel all the way up to Harrelson County, and they dropped out of the dual, the, their uh, sectional tournament because of that. Yeah, see, and, and that's something that, that we do not ever want to have happen. I mean, right. you, never, you never want it to be too much of a burden on any one particular program where they choose the easiest option is to not participate. That mm-hmm. That's what I want to avoid at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the reasons that you have an argument for making. I mean, is it the best facility in the world? No. Do they make the best of the situation? Yeah. I would change a few things with the way the tournaments run. But, but you know, in terms of everybody driving an hour or two or whatever, two and a half or whatever it is, it's, it's pretty central. Whether you're coming from Valdosta or you're coming from, you know, Cass, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's an equal drive for everyone. So that's, I mean, the burden should be shared, in my opinion. I, not just because I live in Bacon. <laughs> I, I agree. Because, you know, technically the center of the state, the geological center of the state is in Twiggs County, which is right there near Macon. So, you know, Macon is the center of the state. So that's why... I think it's you played there or wrestled there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, now we we've done our soapbox. We can go on to three A. Three A. So Rockmart. Rockmart Gilmer. Yep. Which we knew it would come down to. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you get to did you get to take in any of that? Did you go to any of the duels? I unfortunately no. My wife had to work, so I was not able to go to anywhere. Uh, okay. Harrelson County, well, okay. Freeman hosted, but it, uh, in the backyard of Harrelson County, and I really wanted to go to that one because that was, you know, Harrelson County, Oldthorpe, love it right. all the time. Um, right. But I wasn't able to get over there. 
Um, now, little bias, my cousin actually, well, my cousin by marriage actually wrestles for Rockmark, so I didn't know that until a few weeks ago. Oh, really? Uh, they're 132. James Murray is my cousin. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Rockmark's got a great program. Yes, they do. Um, uh, three out of the four teams that made it from – did I lose you? Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Did I lose you? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear you? Can you hear me? Dang it. Let me send you another link. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, sorry about that. That was... I actually... I didn't go to a dead spot. I, I actually... I, I was getting a phone call from somebody in North Carolina, so... Oh, I got you. And it must have kicked me off. I just downloaded the app, so hopefully that won't happen again. All right. Awesome. Um, so... Rockmart over Gilmer in the duels. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. Did you did you get to see kind of what what happened in that situation? All I know, it was really close. It was like a one point victory because of criteria. Yeah. So, so end, what ended up happening was this: <clears throat> Rockmart was up, and we went to uh, again. Don't don't skewer me if I get it wrong, but it was about 132, 138, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it might have been 145 even uh, with Wilson versus Bentley, and um, it was a really close match. Gilmer needed the win, and a situation occurred where the table um, gave points. Or failed to give points. I don't remember if it's gave points or failed to give points. And it was never corrected. Mm-hmm. And it ended up costing Gilmer the match. Mm. After, after Gilmer's kid lost by one point in that match. And he would have actually had two other points or something along those lines. Now, that happened early. So, you don't know how the, re- the rest of the match would have been wrestled. Mm-hmm. Um if you know if it would have changed as a result of the correct score, the score was correct. It finished incorrect, and then Gilmer actually didn't. I mean, they walked out their two last kids and got six points and lost by one for each kid. But they those were forfeits, and mm-hmm. those two kids that Gilmer had coming out were were tough kids. Now it doesn't mean that they would have gotten pins in the next two matches, and it may not have ended up mattering anyway. But you really hate to see a situation especially a state dual final come down to an error uh by the table in scoring Mm -hmm. so it is what it is um it was a really good match um i believe gilmer came back and yeah they did they came back and won the traditional state tournament uh over rock bar though so yeah i did see that i think it was like by five points or something like that it was super close. It was probably um, the close. Yeah, it was the closest one going into the final 
um, into the final like like day of wrestling. Uh, you know, others had kind of pushed themselves into the lead and really had a commanding lead. That one was not a commanding lead. Rockmart had several kids in the finals. Gilmer had several kids in the finals. And if matches had played out differently, Rockmart could have won it. But um, I think Dylan Galloway's win at 220 um, ended up being huge for Gilmer winning. So I, I do know that Rockmart had the first brother combination to win it in the same year. C.K. Davis and Isaiah Beavers. Right, right. Yeah, and I didn't know they were brothers, but yeah. I didn't either. I saw it on Facebook. Mm. Well, I will, say, I will say Beavers was unbelievable. Well, both of them were really unbelievable. They both wrestled great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised that uh, the heavyweight did not hire that he did in state being on um well you know i mean the defending champ was at the weight um mm-hmm. you know knight from uh sonoraville mm-hmm. and i think he ended up winning um are you talking about jace davis is that who you're talking yeah. about from rockmar yeah yeah so um 285 was a was a tough weight uh in 3a um mm-hmm. uh and you know uh the the kid who, the knight who ended up winning, um, you know, he, he, I think he had a rematch against the kid that he had in the, in the, uh, in a section who took him into overtime. So we're talking about from top to bottom, the, the level of competition at 285 and 3A was, was really quite good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually go to church with him and his family. So, <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so, did you talk to him about the the tournament at all? Mm, no, I was kind of. I didn't see him the other day. He he wasn't there the other day, so I, I didn't get a chance to. But I'm kind of kind of nervous too because I was like, oh, yeah, probably some bad blood still there. Well, you know, I mean, you know, what's funny is is you know, wrestlers for the most part are they're you know they're pretty resilient. They oh yeah yeah they talk about kind of what worked and what didn't work and you know all that jazz and you know. And they move. They 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 remember it. Don't get me wrong. It's not like oh, it's you know put it away. But um, you know, no no reason to dwell on the past. Try to try to make the you know whatever you have to do to make it better for the future. I still remember those matches that I lost closely, and I was like, oh, I should have done that, or I could have done that, I could have done this, could have done that. No doubt, man. I mean, um, but you can't go back and wrestle them. So, oh, yeah. all right. Um, moving on to four A, we've got. West Lawrence over Jefferson. Yeah, both in duels and and in traditional. And oh. and again, you know, it, traditional, I mean, West Lawrence wrestled lights out. Like, lights out. I, and again, if, again, if I get anything wrong, I think they put six in the finals. They had three that also made the podium. I mean, they had nine kids who finished, I think, top four out of the 10 or 11 kids that they brought. So, I mean, you know, that's, that, that's impressive. That's, that's, that's how you win a state title. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, is the run, is the Jefferson Dragons dominance over with? Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I say I don't think so because, you know, you've got, 
you've got Creed Thomas, you've got Davis Dendy, um, you've got Sammy Brown, you've got Chaz McDonald, you've got Davis Dollar. Um, you have you have kids all the way through that who aren't graduating. You know, they're coming back. Um, you know, they got other kids like Cat Benson who will step in and and uh, you know earn points. Um, no, I, I think Jefferson is is actually sitting in a in in a spot where at least over the next couple of years they're going to be hard to beat. And I mean, I don't know what their youth program looks like, but if if they're uh, if they're continuing to you know develop them down at that level, then there's no reason why Jefferson can't continue to be one of the best programs. Definitely. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh man, did I lose you again? Have I got you? Okay, something popped up, but I'm good. Okay. All right, awesome, awesome. Did you hear um, what I said? I... Yes, I got you. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you the question. Do you know third and fourth and 4A? I don't. Um, nope. I couldn't okay. even, I couldn't even get Okay. Um, I, I forgot to say this in 3A. Uh, th- I think Murray, or, let's see, Adairsville, Rockmark, and Sonoraville all were placed really high. Yeah. They're from the same region. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and I mean, again, traditionally, those are just some super programs, you know? Mm-hmm. So, not surprised by that at all. Not really. Um, well, we've already touched on individual and duels in 4A, so I guess we can move on to 5A. Um, duels, I wasn't really surprised by this. Um, I'd seen uh, numbers from Woodland and Cass before. No offense, I love Woodland, but I knew this was going to be hard. So, Cass 1, Woodland 2, Ola 3, and Woodland 4. What do you think? Yeah, so, I mean, are we talking about duels, or is that in traditional? That's no, that duels. Was- that was duels because I know traditional actually ended up different than that because Woodward mm-hmm. ended up fourth. Um, so uh, in the duels, uh, look, Cass, Cass walked in with the biggest path to a, a title, in my opinion, because they had really they had. Craps and Hunt down low. They had the McKnights in the middle. They had Cresho. Um, you know, you, most times they're going to walk out with five wins right there. Mm-hmm. You you add in just a few more wins, and, and and they've got it done. And they've got really good six and Pyatt at uh, thirteen. At least I hope that's how you say his name. Sorry, AJ, if I got it wrong. Um, <laughs> I think it is. You know, so again, you have you, you, you have you have so much in your back pocket um, that that it, and it's it's analogous to you know Woodward having Killick and and uh, Filipowitz and and Singleton and that sort of thing. But um, just for me, Cass had more depth. So in terms of more depth, they had the better the 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 better path to to taking the title. So mm. I wasn't surprised by it at all. I I wasn't either because I'd saw the sectional and the regional results from 
their wins over, you know, Woodland and all that's so a new. Um, but Woodland did move up a spot uh, in the traditional and they get second behind Cass and Omeris or Omeris. Um, Woodward was fourth, and I'm guessing Ola was third. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I know Ola and Woodland were neck and neck um, going into that final day, and I know that each of them got two champs, so mm-hmm. that would have kind of crossed each other out. Um, I don't know how third the third place placement points worked out, but yeah, if Woodland ended up second, then Ola was definitely third because they were right neck and neck with one another. So, going into the finals, Bartow County had a finalist, 12 out of the 14 finals. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's impressive, isn't it? Yes. And that's, in, that's only in 5A. No, I know. I know. It's, well, I mean, you know, the, the whole mantra of iron sharpens iron. You know, those kids get up there and they compete with one another. The expectations are high. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it's not it's it's not terribly surprising that, you know, different areas or pockets of the state kind of push each other to be even better than what they are. Um, I would say Camden County is kind of the outlier. You know, they're down there by themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, now, to be fair, they're down there by themselves. But let, look at Region 1 and 7A. I mean, two years ago, you had you had the all you only had four teams in Region 1. And all four teams were the top four teams in the duels. Yeah. So, you know, you get in, you compete, the expectations are high. Having that competition makes you better. And I think that's what you have in Bartow. I mean, I think that that's, you know, Woodland has been the kind of the standard bearer for a while. And Cass has looked at it and said, you know what, we're, we're coming for it. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Um, you talked about 285 being... Uh, handful in 3A. It's a handful in 5A. You've got uh, Hurst from Cartersville. You've got, I think, Jarnigan from Woodland was really good. Uh, there's a couple other I'm missing. I know Hurst was really good. Yeah, so um, Hurst ended up taking first, but I mean, I, he barely beat McKinney um, in the quarters, I think. I think it was mm-hmm. in the quarters. Um, and I think Tate had him on his back uh, in the state finals. So, uh, again, 285, you know, 285s are so interesting because it only takes one move. You know, it's not, it's not like a little 106 kind of scrambling off their back. You know, you have to really lock it in because they're like little gnats, you know, right? Um, flying around everywhere. You get a 285, I don't care how big, how strong you are, you get stuck on your back with 285 pounds on your chest, you can get pinned in a second. Mm-hmm. And and it happens. That's why that's Horn at West Lawrence is so impressive because he's an undersized 285, and yet he 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 earned his fourth state title this year. And he's I mean he's just I mean that's why he's as impressive as he is. Right. <laughs> um, Caleb Henson went four and zero state title, Woodland. Caleb Henson won his third state title. Oh, third. Okay. Yep. He's Caleb. Won four, he's won four knockout classics. That's what it was. Yes. Caleb is only the second uh, four-time knockout champ. Um, you know, Super 32 belts. Uh, you know, Hokie Open winner, you know, in a college tournament this year. Um, 
but yeah, his uh, I think his loss was to Desario in his freshman year, and uh, you know, Desario has now been an NCAA qualifier and is a starting one thirty three for Stanford. So, I mean, not 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 a terrible person to lose to. No, not too bad. Uh, <laughs> I know Henson's going to he's going to Virginia Tech, correct? That is correct. Yeah, he will. Uh, He'll be a Hokie next year with uh, Tom Crook from Jesuit in Florida and uh, T.J. Stewart, who wrestles, I think, at Blair Academy. Okay. That's, a, that's a really good class for for uh, Coach Roby and Coach Frayer up at, at Virginia Tech, definitely. Are there any more Georgia kids up there? Um, At Virginia Tech? Uh, off the top of my head... If there if there are Georgia kids, which it wouldn't surprise me if there are, I don't think any of them are currently in the starting lineup. Okay. Uh, Sam Latona is from Alabama. He's our starting twenty five pounder. Um, and as I go through, um, you know, actually it's really interesting because if you look at the Hokie lineup, they, I mean, I don't know that there's a state that's represented twice <laughs> oh wow <laughs> i mean i mean bryson donian is from ohio makai lewis is from new jersey um you know corbin myers is from maybe pennsylvania new york area i, I think you're right you know so it's 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 just really interesting that they have such a they, they recruit all over they bring in the best kids from all over and yeah now i mean next year they'll probably have a georgia kid in the in the starting lineup. Definitely. I hope I hope Caleb does well up there. Um, now, Woodland has another guy going to UTC. Can you remember who that is? Yeah, that's Cole Cocker. Okay. Is that, is that 32? No. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so um, Cole, Cole Cochran beat Michael Killick in the finals, 3-2. Nice. That was close. Yeah, and he had beaten him once this year at the duels. Um, probably, for me, the absolute, technically speaking, best best, uh, um, best wrestled match. Um, just because the, the, the level of the two kids who were competing was just, I mean, national level type of, of quality kid. Um, and, uh, yeah, Cole's, Cole should was uh had quite a few who came into the um into the uh interview area wearing some utc stuff you know logan webster from there and, mm-hmm. and jeremy paradise uh from colquitt county is also and uh yeah I, I, it'll be interesting to see how uh this year's georgia uh class influences the future direction of of the of the mocks program you know, it's kind of hard because I want to pull for everybody in college. I haven't found that team. I just pull for I pull for Wisconsin. I pull for I pull for Virginia Tech because they've got Caleb Henson now. I pull for NC State. They've got Thomas Bullard. I mean, it's like everybody's got everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and and like what I kids when I go in. I mean, like, so I'll go to Georgia and I'll shoot and I don't. I don't cheer for any of the kids. I just kind of watch and, and take it all in because they're all Georgia kids. Or mm-hmm. I go to Alabama and I, I do the same thing. When I'm up here in North Carolina, I'll do exactly the same thing. But I go to a national tournament, 
I am definitely pulling them for the Southeast kids every single time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to try. I want to see them do well because I know them better than I know anyone else. Mm-hmm. This kind of feeds over to the college, you know, in college, you want to see, you want to see Caleb Henson succeed at Virginia Tech. You want to see Sam Latone succeed at Virginia Tech. You want to see Owen Treptan, you know, succeed at North Carolina State. You want mm-hmm. You know, all these kids who you know who go to different places, and it doesn't even have to be Division One. you know. I, I watch the Division Two, Division Three, and NAI kids just as much. I've been following Bruton Parker a lot because I've interviewed both their coaches. Yeah, they're great, aren't they? Yes, I love those guys. Yeah, they're, they've got a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of good kids, um, getting better all the time. Um you know, they're still chasing the the Reinhardts and and life, but yeah. Um, but you know, to be fair, most of NAIA is is chasing those two bros. Right. Um, I'm waiting on my favorite school in the world, except for Georgia, to get a wrestling program, which I don't think they ever will. But they're moving to a more wrestling conference in this coming year, so. Murray State. I'm hoping what they look. Um, so moving on to six. Yeah. Um, I know Buford is on it and Jules. I can't remember. That's a bet I'll like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they beat Valdosta in the duels. Um, and to be honest, they were way up in traditional after the first part of the day. Mm. Um, they, I mean, they just, they just put their stamp on what I think is one of the best divisions or classes in the, in the state. And Buford just showed that they're, they're, at a, they're just at another level. Um, you know, everybody wants to talk about Buford versus Camden next year. And it'll be fun when we kind of get to that point. But, uh, yeah. But at the moment, you know, it's nice to it's nice to see how how good Buford is because I know Coach Robbins at you know Valdosta and Bartolota at Brunswick and and Moistner at Alexander and and you know I mean so on and so forth down the line the Creekview kids the Sequoia kids the you know obviously Coach James at Cambridge and Pope with Coach Haskin now retiring you know we're just talking about a a who's who and and Buford just they just flex they just flex their muscle. I mean they just they were just unbelievable. Wow. Um how close was the dual turn the dual match between Valdosta and Buford? Not it wasn't. Oh wow. I mean I, I mean I, I don't know if it ended up being something like fifty to eighteen or something like that. And again, correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone can shout me out on social media or whatever, but no they they pretty much had it in the bag. They, um, you know, they had some some good kids that uh, that that you know won matches, and Valdosta had some of their good kids win some matches, but they just didn't have the the depth to be able to overcome what Buford put forward. Um, do you remember third and fourth from uh, traditional? I don't. Um, in fact, I'm not even sure it was. I'm not 100% sure it was Valdosta in second. It probably was. They had two champs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Brunswick was chasing. But the the, the 
number two through like number 10. And again, I'm not hundred percent sure it was 10, but they were all really pretty close to one another. Mm -hmm. Um, it was pretty much a battle back and forth amongst the top. And there were, I remember after writing after the first day, I was doing a little bit of, of a recap and there was like Valdosta pretty solidly in second and then third and fourth was really a battle. And then fifth and sixth was really a battle, but a little bit of gap between fourth. So, um, I don't know how it ended up, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was certainly interesting to see who took second, third, fourth. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so seven, eight Camden. And that's all we have to say, isn't it? <laughs> eight straight. <laughs> I don't know what the number is now. I, I just know that for as long as I've, you know, been covering Georgia and, and, you know, been around, I mean, coach Wilder just, man, I, you know, I love, I love their shirts a couple of years ago that said, you know, you don't know the names or you don't know the faces, but you know, first year varsity and state champion <laughs> and, and not wrong. I mean, now this year's group, to be fair, we knew. Kylie Dahlgren, I think Tyler's the old Dahlgren, um, you know, we, we knew those names, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you want to see how good Camden's going to be. Um, look down to the kids who took took second, took third, took fourth, um, battling for points. And that's, wow. That, 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 that just gives you a great indication of how good they were. But it certainly will be. Definitely. Man, Coach Wilder's been there forever. Say that again? I said Coach Wilder's been there forever. Uh, yeah, he's been there for quite a while. I, I, I don't know if he went straight from Cumberland uh, to in Kentucky to Camden or if there was a little bit of a gap there. But, but yeah, he's, he's been there, and, and, uh, and the expectations are high. I think he was there in 05. So it's been at least 16 years. Oh wow! Has it been that long? Okay. I was a, I was either a sophomore or a freshman in high school. Well, well, you know what? When you hit your 50s, the last 15 years kind of gone by quick. So yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I know North Forsyth was in the finals or the top four idols. Uh, yeah. So North Forsyth. In the duels, um, they won some good matches against Lowndes and then I think Colquitt County. And, you know, they, they wrestled great. They, they wrestled absolutely great. But the Camden's just another beast. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, who I guess Camden won individuals. Uh, do you know who were second, third there? Um, I don't know who was second. But I do remember seeing that uh, because Coach Goff posted something, how proud he was of his kids, and they battled through and took third. Uh, West Forsyth did, um, and that's a that's a major major accomplishment um, for the kids that they brought. They had two champs, and um, 
Yeah, they, they battled really hard. I, I, I want to say North Forsyth probably took second, but honestly, I don't know that because Colca County had Colca County had at least three champs. So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, Coach Mason actually coached there for a while before he went to Bruton Parker. Yes, that is correct. Coach Mason was uh, – in fact, he was – he was there, to, I think, right at the beginning of the year when he got hired. So, right, um, he knows he knows these group of kids, these group of Colquitt County kids, really, really well. Definitely. <clears throat> so, last was it last week you were in Tennessee? No, the week before last you were in Tennessee. Yeah. So I was three weeks ago. I think I sat at my computer and watched all the state duels for Georgia. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was longer ago than that. Then I, two weeks ago, I was in Franklin, Tennessee, for the state duels in Tennessee, and then I this weekend I was in Macon for Georgia, and and then this coming weekend, right now, starting I'll be in North Carolina. So, well, now was Tennessee the duels or was this individual? No, it was the duels. Um, the Tennessee Division Two individual state tournament is this weekend. And Tennessee's um, uh, not like Division One, I, I guess you would call it, um, mm-hmm. which is like the big schools, Cleveland, Bradley Central, plus the small schools, but public small schools um, is next weekend. Ah, okay. Um, so is, it, is wrestling divided up into two classes up there? So wrestling is divided, uh, actually for duels was divided into four. Okay. And that was basically big school, small school, public, big school, small school, private. Okay. Um, now, this is, I have no clue about any of this, so I'm going to be educated for a little bit. Um, <laughs> who was the big school champion for the public? The big school champion for the public was Cleveland. Um, and Cleveland beat Bradley Central in the finals. And what was, and this is why, Again, I, I obviously have my bias about wanting um, all the duels together in Macon mm-hmm. um, for Georgia, but but it was so much fun. We watched I watched Cleveland and Bradley wrestle in that duel. I watched the girls wrestle in their duel. I watched uh, Greenville versus Signal Mountain in their duel, and I watched Father Ryan versus Baylor in their duel, and they were all happening at the same time. So there was just a lot of energy. A mm-hmm. lot of excitement um, of what was going on. You could see the the Signal Mountain people really paying close attention to what was going on with Cleveland and Bradley um, because it was it was a knockdown drag out duel. And for anybody who doesn't know, Cleveland and Bradley are are bitter rivals. Bitter oh, wow. rivals. So to watch the two of them battle it out for a team state title was was a lot of fun. Now, I noticed that the schools you mentioned, the majority are in the Chattanooga area. Yeah, many of them are. Um, so so in big schools, typically, so some of the schools that were there at the state duels, Wilson Central is there. That's more center of the state. Um, Dobbins-Bennett was there. They're more up towards the Tennessee-Virginia kind of border. Mm-hmm. Um but, but yeah, I mean, you know, Chattanooga and, and to be fair, it's, it's really Chattanooga and Nashville area and Memphis, probably <clears throat> for the most part, you know, 
have a representative at least you know from you know in there Mm -hmm. um now to be fair again to go back the smaller schools signal mountain being a smaller school but it is in chattanooga um they in years past have been more uh let's see two years ago fairview won it which is more over more towards like murfreesboro and nashville area Mm -hmm. um and Greenville was in the finals this year, and Greenville's up by the Tennessee-Virginia border. Pigeon okay. Forge was champ many years ago, and you know where that is. So, right, it, Chatt- Chattanooga doesn't miss. They they have good teams, Hickson and that sort of thing, and one A two or the small schools in the public. But it's not like the big schools in the public, where Bradley and Cleveland um, are two of the two of the best. Uh, right. Cleveland just won their fifth dual state championship in a row oh wow yeah and what was really interesting is bradley central had held the record with cleveland with four in a row and this year the two of them faced off with one another and cleveland was able to win and now knocks bradley out of the record books (laughs) because cleveland now holds the record for five in a row that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, who else? Uh, who was the small school for public uh, champion in second place? Yeah. So Signal Mountain won it. Um, so Signal Mountain is. Clements uh, first year. And he stepped in. And he put all the people. And looked fantastic doing it. He has obviously three super studs and what the Orachuk brothers, who are your six, your thirteen, your twenty pounders. Oh um, wow! They, they help the ball get rolling. If you know what I mean. Um, but they're, uh, yeah, they do, they do. Uh, but but you know, you need more than three. And Single mm-hmm. Mountain got more than three, mm-hmm. and they beat a very talented Greenville team. Nice. Um, who else? Who was third and fourth? I don't know. Not off okay. top of my head. All right. Um, who was the big school uh, private champion in second place? Yeah. So Baylor beat Father Ryan. Um, Baylor is uh, just, I mean, just a behemoth. Uh, behemoth in terms of of programs in the southeast mm-hmm. um you know rex kendall who's the coach there and i we spoke after it was done and he's who the group of seniors has like kids who are going to wrestle in college like tons of kids who are going to wrestle in college mm-hmm. so they've done such a great job of developing those kids getting them exposure pushing them so on and so forth. Um, so they're uh, they're super talented. Um, probably one of the top top three teams in the southeast, in my opinion. And, wow. Uh, and they took they 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 beat Father Ryan. Now, to be fair, <clears throat> Father Ryan's exceptionally young, mm-hmm. and Father Ryan came up came came to wrestle. They are they they were they were tough. Nice. Um, they didn't lay down to you know, the behemoth that is Baylor. So um, I, the future looks bright for Father Ryan is what I should say. 
Where's Father Ryan out of? Nashville. Okay. And then Baylor's out of Chattanooga area? That is correct, yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, and there were on. only – there were only it was only a four-team bracket at the state tournament. Mm-hmm. And the other two teams that qualified uh, in big school division – in that division, Division II, um, was uh, Christian Brothers out of Memphis and um, Montgomery Bell Academy which is um, – I don't know who won the duel between the two of them, but those were the four teams. Okay. Um, I was about to say I thought Montgomery County, Montgomery Bell was out of Clarksville, but that's County, not Montgomery Bell. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure NBA is out of Nashville. I could be wrong, but I I, I feel like that that's right. You're, you, you're probably right. I know that Montgomery County is Clarksville, which is where uh, – that, that school should not be named off the university. Is out of, so. <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. Um, and I, uh, I I hear a lot of the teams that I follow out of Region 1, which is uh, West Kentucky, they play Christian Brothers in basketball a lot. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I kind of recognize that when you said that one. Got it. Got it. Um, what about uh, small school private? Yeah, so small school private ended up coming down to Lakeway Christian, which is up in uh, the northeast part of the state. Okay. Um, and Chattanooga Christian. Um, and and to be fair, um, you know, Lakeway Christian has three at least three seniors on our team that will wrestle in college next year. One is Kevion Roller, who ru- who's going to Virginia. Wow. Um, yeah, so so we're not talking about your typical small school um, team. That mm-hmm. said, that said, um, they got down by a lot. Because, I mean, three, three studs is great to have. In right. fact, in, in, in fact, they have five studs. Um, five really good. I just named the three seniors, but five really. <clears throat> but again, you won't win a duel. You won't win a duel against anybody if you don't have, you know, other weight classes. So, right. so they got down twenty four, nothing, twenty four to six. Wow! Early in their duel, and they really needed to come together as a team, especially with the kids who aren't, you know those national level kids who are going to wrestle in college to mm-hmm. step up and help that team win it's win a title. And they did. It was, it was, it was good. Awesome. Um, so a fun question. I just thought of this one. You've got Baylor, Camden County, Stanford, uh, and this is the father Ryan. Who wins in a duel? Um, Oh wow! You know, it really it really comes down to to matchups. Um, so, man, you're gonna put me on the spot. And I don't I don't know that I can pick one. Somebody's gonna like be like, no, it should be us. And <laughs> um, uh, you know the the challenge the challenge is this. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm going to put Father Ryan down below the others simply because they're young. Okay. Um, Baylor, Baylor with Nick Corday, the Bond brothers, Nate Askew, 
Garrison Dendy, um, uh, Gunnar Garrix, you know, they, they've got those six and those six are going to be real. It's going to be really hard pressed to beat those six kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Buford in turn has Maddox MacArthur and Drew Gorman and Tyler Henley and um, JT McCullough and, you know, Rylan Eibold, who was a two-time 106-pound state champion. Um, they're going to be hard to beat at certain weights as well. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is it's going to be the kids who are not the studs. If every, if all, if each team has five, then there's four weight classes where you've got a kid who's not necessarily that, that hammer. Right. And it's going to come down to how that kid competes and does. Mm -hmm. And this is where it kind of leaned to Camden a little bit. While Camden has a couple of their, their studs and they're just, they'll beat a lot of people, you know, and everything else. Um, Camden, I don't know that Camden has a hole in their lineup. They, mm-hmm. every single one of those kids, they, they do what, what you want. And I'm not saying the other teams don't do this, but I'm saying that you, they do what you want from a coach's perspective. They, mm-hmm. they, they win close matches in the duels. They get bonus if they're supposed to get bonus points. And they avoid giving up bonus points if they take a loss. Mm-hmm. And you will win a ton of duels if you just do those things. Right. What right. is your job? Go out and do your job. And that is one of the things that Camden County does. All right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Now, before we go away from it, because I didn't mention it earlier, the Tennessee, Tennessee had the first ever in the nation, girls state duels tournament. I was going to ask you about that when I heard you talk about that. So I'm glad you brought that back up. So it came down to Clarksville versus Rossview, two of the best programs, girls programs. So Tennessee, I don't know if everybody knows this, but Tennessee is one of the five original states to sanction girls wrestling. Mm -hmm. And that happened... I mean, quite a long time ago. No, I mean, oh. I, I mean, back in two, like the early 2000s. Okay. Mm-hmm. To sanction girls wrestling for an individual state tournament. Mm-hmm. To give you perspective, Georgia's had one for three years. Right. Alabama doesn't have one. North Carolina doesn't have one. Florida will have their first one this year. So just in the Southeast, South Carolina doesn't have one. So just in the Southeast, to have had crowned state champions that are sanctioned state champions by the high athletic association is a big deal. And it's been a big deal in Tennessee for a long time. Well, they're the first ones to now extend that to the team perspective and duels. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, it was quite a feat. Uh, it's pretty cool to be the first in the nation to do something. And I know the people at Tennessee were, we're super proud to be able to pull that off. And I go back to crediting it to them developing programs over the last 10, 15 years. And they, they you know, they had, they had two teams that 
I mean, they scrapped. It was it was a it was a really good duel between those two teams. Now, I'm not sure if you know this, but <clears throat> those two teams are probably bitter rivals because they're from the same county. Yeah, no, I know. They're like they're, they're, they're like right around the corner from each other or something along those lines. Yeah, I know. Um, I talked to uh, Coach Price at Rossview, and I think this is the third time they've seen each other this year in a duel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the duel has gotten closer and closer and closer and closer. Oh, so, wow. yeah, it was it was uh, yeah, it was fun to watch, and yeah, I knew they were I knew they were rivals. It it was actually with the way they went back and forth, it felt very similar to. Cleveland versus Bradley, who are rivals as well. Signal Mountain and Greenville, they wanted to win, but they, they're not rivals with one another. Right. Um, now, how is, how is Rossi on the boys' side? So they've got some good kids, um, you know, uh, but they're not. I, I, I would, I, I mean, Sammy Shires is. Pretty sure Sammy is with Rossview. Boy, if I got that wrong, just shoot me. I'm sorry. Um, you know they've got they've got some kids who are top level kids, but as a team, they're not with the other top top teams at the moment. Do you know the name Cohen Plokelman? I do not. Okay, I know he wrestles for them, um, but I was I wasn't sure what weight class he was or anything about it. I just know he wrestles for them. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I um, two names pop up on my head uh, on uh, for Rossview, and that's Zachary Dusler and uh, Sammy Shires. But again, I have a lot of names going through my head right now, and oh yeah, I do uh, not want to say emphatically that I'm right. Um. So who ended up winning the Rossview Clarksville girls duel? Rossview won again. Um, it was close, uh, especially after their. Defending state champion at 235 lost, mm-hmm. and she is kind of the heart and soul of that team. And uh, you know the other the other girls on the team they they stepped up and you know they uh, they came through. It was it was pretty cool. Awesome. Um, now you're like you, we mentioned this earlier. You're headed up to North Carolina. I am. I am. I don't know. Probably. I don't know, 40, no, I'm longer than that, away from, from Charlotte. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heading that way, yeah. Who are the power – so how do they divide it up up there class-wise? Yeah, <clears throat> so <clears throat> North Carolina has four classifications. Uh, 4A is the largest, um, 3A, 2A, and 1A. 1A <laughs> is quite small. Um, 1A is dominated by Avery County. Um, and Avery County is Avery County and Robbinsville, Uari charter, um, are just, just, I mean, it's, it's like one a and lots of, uh, lots of places. It's like small schools and lots of places you have, you know, your try on your social circle, that sort of thing. And you have competitive teams that are below the top four or five, Mm -hmm. but they're not, they're not. They're not the top four or five. Avery County has dominated 1A for a long time. Okay. Where, where is that at? Do you know? Yeah. Avery County is more towards – so if you think of – I'll just have to give you a general description. But um, if you think of North Carolina as the mountains in the west and the beach in the east and, and uh, you know, kind of whatever in the center, right? 
Mm-hmm. They're more they're 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 over in the mountains. Okay. Um, my wife's we we spent a lot of time over in Murphy, near uh, Robbinsville. Uh, oh. We've yeah. been up to Cherokee, so we know we kind of know that general area. Yeah, so a- Avery County and Robbinsville are are uh, both in the west. It's okay. broken into east and west in one A. Uh, um, yeah, pretty pretty good rivals with one another. Now I know for football they have different conferences. Like they have the Smoky Mountain Conference. They'll have, <laughs> I, I, and I still don't understand how they do all that. So I'm glad wrestling is a little bit. Easier. It's not. It's not easier. <clears throat> Oh, okay. It's not. Um, so they still have conferences in wrestling. Uh, and what's really interesting about wrestling is that your conference is uh, can be made up of schools from different classifications. Mm-hmm. So you might have, I don't know, three 4A teams and two 3A teams in the Smoky Mountain Conference, for example. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Um, Conferences, uh, they play a little bit of role in kind of teams and seeding for state duels and things like that. But for the most part, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's just a thing that you know. Uh, North Carolina kind of continues to go back to, you know, our process, the process you see in lots of, in wrestling in lots of different places. You know, so it's mm-hmm. a, a regional or a sectional and. A, you know, onto a state tournament. No, that makes sense. I think Kentucky, they're, they're, they're not actually KHSA, but I figured this out the other day. Um, they kind of do the same thing. Like individually, it's everybody for everybody, like 6A through single A. If you, oh, win, re- if you win region one tournament, you've beaten everybody in that class or six classes. Okay. So Kentucky has one state champion. Uh, in, individually, yes, for each weight class. Got it. Now, th- they do do small school and big school duels. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, there's not as many kids, so it's kind of easy. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, going, this is back to the classification, you know, conversation, but, um, you know, Georgia's, Georgia and Florida are huge states. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's there's no doubt that I don't know that that would work. Um, somebody was actually mentioning, you know, California. It's a big state. You know, it has tons of people. It has, um, you know, just one classification. Right. But, but like, I think it's like seventy percent or something like that in the school of the schools in California don't sanction wrestling. That's crazy. So that's bad. I mean, it takes away opportunities from kids who want to participate because there is only one classification and the school won't sponsor it because they're not competitive or whatever. Right. That's a a shame. Um, But the other side of the scale or the other side of whatever is Georgia with seven and, you know, or, you know, Virginia, which has six. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, um, I, I'm a big advocate of – I don't mind three. I think three is really pretty good um, in terms of, you know, a big, a big, a middle, and a small. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially for duels. 
Um, but you know, that's, that's just me. I'm, uh, that's kind of the way I think about it. I, I grew up when I grew, I've grown up with five classes. That's the least amount of classes I've seen. So that's what I grew up seeing. So I kind of like, that's where I think. Be, I guess. Yeah. Um, seven is too many. <laughs> well, and if I was a, a cartoonist, I would draw a cartoon of 2045 classifications in Georgia with, you know, 17 classifications or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because it, it just seems like we just we just add another classification every few years. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. At one point, they had proposed that 7A be just the 32 biggest schools. There you go. So, I, I don't know. That's weird. Um, so, we talked about the, the powerhouses in single A. Who are the powerhouses in double A in North Carolina? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some names. You'd be like, huh? But um, so Bandy's, um, Bandy's won the duels. Did you um, say Bandy? Bandy, B A N D Y S. Okay. Bandy's, um, which is a very good two A school. Uh, they beat Bun, B U N N. Okay. Uh, but in in two A, the west part of the state is significantly more difficult than the east part of the state. I think that would be an accurate representation. So schools on the west side of the state, like uh, Mount Pleasant and uh, West Lincoln and um, a Newton Conover, um, they, they pretty much bloody each other's noses uh, <laughs> to get through um, the dual side of the bracket, um, and even the, honestly, the sectionals this past weekend, you know, you know, mm. you've got, you have kids in, from those sections who they had to, they had to really, uh, they're going to be tough to beat this weekend. Even the kids who finished like third and fourth in the section. Do you think Appalachian State has an effect on that because they're from the west side of the state? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, I think that, um, I think that I certainly think that there's an impact in one interest with mm-hmm. Appalachian State having been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it plays a role. Um, I think that um, I think that uh, um, you get graduates who have gone to App State. Mm-hmm. And they stay in, you know, pretty close proximity. Um, and you probably see the same thing at Campbell, you know, in Bowie's Creek. And you probably see the same thing in terms of, um, you know, Chapel Hill and Raleigh and, and all that up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do think that, that having college wrestling um, is only a benefit as it relates to the development of the next group of, of, of high school, college, you know, wrestlers in the state. So, yeah. I, I would agree. I wish Georgia had more of it. Yeah. So um, when I talk to, you know, like Coach St. James, who is at Cambridge, uh, you know, he wrestled at Georgia. And when they dropped their program, he went to Tennessee um, and finished out his – collegiate career uh as a volunteer Mm -hmm. and 
you know, we had some conversations as it related to, you know, the impact of the SEC dropping programs and not just the SEC, you know, there were others, Clemson, Mm. South Carolina and, you know, Florida and Central Florida and all those and everything else. Right. Um, But, you know, he could speak to it from the perspective of, of what he saw. And, you know, you have fewer, you, you have fewer individuals who go to wrestle you know, I mean, if you want to wrestle, if you want to wrestle Division One, and you're mm. from Georgia, your closest place is Chattanooga, right? Right, or the Citadel, depending on where you are in Georgia. Mm. Um, but you have to go out of state. I mean, that's that's just as simple as that. Um, if you live in Florida, I mean, you know, the difference between going to Chattanooga and just getting on a getting on a, a plane and flying to Iowa may, may not be all that much different. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's no doubt that, uh, that not having, and it doesn't have to be this, you know, the absolute studs in, in a college right. wrestling room, you know, it could be the kid who, who wrestled three varsity matches, but, but wrestled in, in a college room for, five years mm-hmm. who then goes on and coaches. I mean, right. you, can't, you can't, you can't put a, a value on how much that person would be able to invest back into the next group of, of kids who are coming up. Exactly. I, I agree wholeheartedly. So uh, yeah. Do you think that, I know we'll, we'll back, go back to three in a minute. We keep going on soapboxes and tangents, I know. <laughs> I'm good at that. Hey, man, it's all good. I mean, we're talking wrestling and I'm driving, so I'm, 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 I'm doing fine. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so do you think the, you know, Lice getting the women's program and Bruton Parker having a women's program and Emmanuel having a women's program, do you think that could help the – the Georgias and the South Carolinas and the Alabama and Auburns look, Hey, they're doing it at that level. We can do it at our level. Um, I want to say yes, but in reality, I, I don't think they have any idea that, that, that those programs have that those schools have women's programs. Um, you know, I mean, Alabama barely knows Auburn's exists. I, I don't know that they have any idea that, you know, Montevallo or Birmingham Southern, much less, you know, a small school like Life or Bruton Parker or whatever outside of the state, mm-hmm. probably doesn't have much of an impact. Now, and this is totally my opinion. So okay. take, take, you really need to make sure because somebody might totally just disagree with me. And that's <laughs> not a slight on Life's program or, or Bruton Parker's women's program or anything like that. I think you have to build that level. I think that it's have success at that level to demonstrate success. So when when it does pop up on their radar screen, then they may look at the growth and the success of those programs. Mm-hmm. But it won't be because of the success of those programs that they then go, oh, yeah, we should do the same thing. No, I don't think that that's the case. Um, but Iowa 
starting a women's program, the Blade Sisters going to Arizona State and and training for the Olympics. Does that you know have an impact on whether Arizona State has a program? You know, Chloe Ogden and Macy Kilty train at um, train at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that level. Now you're talking D1 programs that the Georgia and Alabamas and Floridas and Auburns and all of them, those are the programs that we're, we see ourselves as like. Right. You read my mind with the Iowa. I was about to ask if you thought they would help. Yes. And I, and I do think that, I think that if, if they come in and, and, and enjoy some success and, you know, Clarissa Chun has a huge impact on, you know, the continued impact on the culture and everything else in the long run, I think it will play a, a big role. Um, but man, you know, they, those schools, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, you know, football rules. And it's to even get on the radar screen, you know, to even get on the radar is just exceptionally difficult. Right. But don't get me wrong. I mean, Florida is all about, you know, touting their success when their women's soccer team won an NCAA title, you know, and you know that Georgia gymnastics and Florida gymnastics and Alabama gymnastics are all about the level that those programs and the notoriety that those programs bring to the university. Oh yeah. So, so I don't, I don't think that there's a negative. The thing is, is how can we get our foot in the door and then be successful to have, you know, have that because you have that level of success they will embrace you because they just want to win national titles right and iowa will probably win a few yeah i mean they will the the big question that the big question for for the ncla and women's wrestling and emerging sports in my opinion is whether we will see the the NCAA one when it finally does sanction women's wrestling, which I, what is going to happen, I, I just I can't imagine it not happening. Mm-hmm. Is will it be folk style or will it be freestyle? I I would say freestyle. By right. the way, things are going right, but but one of the challenges with freestyle <laughs> is whether it's true or not true, it is perceived as more dangerous. Ah, okay. And the NCAA does not want somebody being thrown onto their their neck and them having a lawsuit as a result of what they perceive as more dangerous. I don't think freestyle is any more dangerous than any other style. I mean, shoot, right. you want you got. I mean, that's that's like an MMA fight. I mean, they're not. They may not be throwing punches that you can see, but but. I mean, the amount of headbutting, you know, mat returns is just as, you know, brutal as as anything freestyle has. I bet you those cross faces aren't too nice either. Oh, I bet. Right. So I, I think we, you know, but but this is somebody who who has an opinion about. About, you know, the different styles of wrestling, right? 
suit sitting up in Indianapolis, you know, looking at somebody getting thrown and going, oh, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but look at football. There's a lot more injuries coming from football. You know, a lot more serious injuries coming from football and stuff like that, you know? Well, I mean, all we have to do is look at, what, is it CRT? Is it, yeah, that's what it's called, right? You know, the, uh, the concussions okay. and, and the brain injuries in, in, in the NFL. I mean, right now, the NCAA, just, they, they want to put their head in the dirt because they're not going to lose their cash cow, which is the, football. you know, which is football. Right. And boy, don't, I mean, I can start down this path, but I, I am the biggest cynic as it relates to some of this and the, you know, perceived slights and everything else. But we'll stick to the... Uh, to, to the facts and try to not get too much into my opinions. <laughs> I just think I'll, I'll leave it here. I think the NCAA is corrupt. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, the, the question is, is how, how do you have athletics slash activities associations that see money coming in and is and are able to balance between the mission which is to provide opportunities in athletic activities or extracurricular activities mm-hmm. and the money that's associated with it and yeah. that that that's that's at the NCAA level that's at the uh, level that's at all different levels as it relates to it right the nfl there's no mission to educate there's no mission to provide opportunities it is what it is right if that's not the case as we have as those as, as those athletic associations have you know their vision statements that's you know that's why we get into this confusion right in my opinion I agree. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, we left off with AA. Let's go over to 3A in North Carolina. Who were the powerhouse teams there? Yeah, so 3A is so much fun. Um, so, one of the best programs uh, in 3A, one of the best programs, honestly, in the state is uh, is a program called Fred T. Ford, and it's okay. F-O-A-R-D, the Ford Tigers, I believe. Um, Coach Carey that program i have so much respect for okay i think i lost you I think I'm losing you. Let me send you another link because I think we're going through a dead spot. You there, man? Gotcha. Sorry about that. I'm actually, it's weird. I've got tons of bars, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. I got you. No worries. Okay. Uh, 
So we were talking about AAA, and we're talking about Fred T. Ford High School. Yeah. So did I? Did you catch the part where I talked about Coach Carey and the streak and all that jazz? No, I I, I faded out on that one. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, North Carolina three A is. I don't want to say it's dominated by Ford, um, but it is. It is uh, this year they they. They might have been the best team in, in in all of North Carolina in, in duels. They they were just fantastic. Um, they uh, one of the things I, I said was I, I have a lot of respect for Coach Carey and Ford because they had a, a huge winning streak on the line, mm-hmm. dual streak, and they uh, I mean I, I was talking like. I don't know, 93 in a row or something along those lines. Wow. And they went to Lake Norman duels and they went to Lake Norman duels knowing full well that they, they were going to wrestle Cleveland and Baylor and Point Pleasant out of West Virginia and a whole host of other really good teams. Mm-hmm. And they, they lost. I mean, they're, they, they, they ended up third, I think in, in, uh, in the late Norman duels and, but you know, the streak is nice, but you know, they wanted to be, they want to prepare themselves and know where they stood against top level competition. Right. And, and they did. And they wrestled great. And it just showed that they were, they were at that level. They were, they were fantastic. And, uh, um, Ford actually reminds me a lot of a Camden. Mm-hmm. In that, boy, the the kids really know their job. They they know what is necessary to do. They they um, on a team, but but every every single one of those kids seems to mission of the team, and uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, Where Union is... Pines is the oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna ask where where are they located? Ford. Uh, Ford is in the is in the west. Um, exactly where it's located, I I don't know. Um, I know it's in the western part of the state though. Okay, and you were talking about something Pines. I heard that one. Yeah, yeah. So you know there are other really good programs in three A. Uh, Union Pines is a really good t- a really good program. Um. Orange uh, is a really good program. There's there's a whole host of, of really good programs. And one of the things that makes 3A really interesting is that this is Ford's first year in 3A. Last year they were in 2A. Oh, wow. Uh, they moved up with another really good program, which is CADA, which is the Central Academy of Technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and CADA has probably the best kid in the state. Who wrestles for them, and that is Kyle Monteperto. Um, he will wrestle at the University of Virginia next year. Um, nice. He's a he's he's a super he's he's super talented. Cat um, is a little bit different than Ford. The the makeup of the team is a little bit different. Uh, they have some real studs. Brady Ross is is a real hammer, um, and not to say Ford doesn't have those hammers as well, but when you look at the two teams you see kind of the thing that stands out is is the hammers and then you know 
good wrestlers, but maybe not as good wrestlers. Ford has kind of more of an even keel across like the entire team. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, in a dual situation that that's huge. Now it'll be really interesting this weekend because the the traditional tournament is 180 degrees away from that. I mean, you can win a traditional state tournament with five state champions, right? So does that change? Does that have an impact? Um, I love it when, you know, and, and I don't, I'm not rooting for any team, but like Rockmart wins the duels, but Gilmore wins the traditional. Right. And it just shows you that, that, that the makeup of the two, of the two, the way we crown a champion, they're just so different. It's a different way uh, to go about kind of, uh, recognizing which is the best team, right? Um, and uh, and I, I don't know. I don't think that will happen this weekend, but but we'll see. Um, where is uh, where are those schools located in North Carolina, or what part of the state are those? Yeah, so more towards the the Middle West. Um, the teams that are in the East, uh, like Kirk. Uh, I think it's Currituck County, um, First Flight. They're more over like towards Nags Head and um, that or Banks area, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Central Cabarrus, I believe is is how you say it, uh, who has several really good kids. They're more in the east. Um, but some of the t- names, that, some of the teams I just mentioned are more middle, middle west. Oh, Okay. I'm trying to get a map of it in my head where the programs are. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I so I just wrote a fans guide for the tournament this weekend. And because North Carolina is the way that North Carolina is. And what I mean by that is the way the shape of North Carolina. It, it reminds me a lot of Florida. Mm-hmm. Georgia has it a little less than <laughs> Florida and North Carolina. Not significantly less, but a little bit. And that is... If you live in Miami, Dade County, uh-huh. your chances of wrestling somebody in Jacksonville or from Jacksonville or the Panhandle of Florida is not very that not very good. It's not mm-hmm. great. And the same thing occurs that the teams that wrestle over in the East, you know, for them to travel to somewhere in the West, it can be a four or five hour drive. Right. It can almost be as far of a drive. Or further of a drive than what I have from Macon to Greensboro. Oh wow! So, so it takes me six hours to get there. And let's say that you were hosting the state tournament each in Nagset. Boy, mm. you know if you got on, if you were if you were from Avery County or if you were from you know a school that's close to App State, it would take you a long time to get. To the beach. Wow. Yeah. So it's not unusual to not the best kids in the East and the best kids in the West to not necessarily wrestle one another. So right. we come in in the weekend and you're like, yeah, this kid's 32 and one and this kid's 34 and one and this kid dominated the East and this kid dominated the West and they've never wrestled one another. Like, okay, well, We'll find out who the state champion is because it's hard to pick. You know what I mean? Right. 
and I'm not a big, I'm not big, what I call the transitive property of wrestling. Right. Um, You know, I beat you, you beat somebody else. So I can then beat that other person. You know, A beats B, B beats C. So A should be able to beat C. Well, that's not how this always works. No, because different styles match up with different styles. Right. And that's what everybody, well, not everybody. That's what a lot of people fail to understand who aren't wrestling people. Right. Is that, like, well, my my son lost to this person by one point, and they lost to, and that person, uh, you know, lost to this person by a point, or whatever the case is. And then you kind of, like, work it out logically in your head that they're, they're, they should be about this level. And I'm like, right. it just doesn't work that way. If you're, if you're five foot eight and 113 pounds versus five foot one and 113 pounds, I mean, styles make matches. Right. It's just the way it works. Because so, that five foot one kid is probably a whole lot stronger than that five foot eight kid. Right. But boy, that five foot eight kid, boy, they might be able to wrap up a cradle on you. True. You know, and if you're susceptible to being turned when you're on bottom and the, the but you but you're you know, you can fight off other things, but you can't really fight off a cradle, well then, you know, it's not gonna matter. You know right. what I mean? Right. So so those things matter. It's it's important to be good in all three positions, but but we all have our strengths, you right. know. Definitely. So, I mean you wrestled, I wrestled, yeah. I mean we, <laughs> There are things, there's positions I want to be in. If I can put myself in that position, my chances of, of success increase dramatically. Right. Definitely. Uh, where were you strongest? Uh, I was strongest um, on the map. So I'm a short plotter. Like, I'm super strong. Um, so somebody who's quick, boy, being neutral was hard because they were, they were like, I mean, and I was small, like I was, um, I was 112 pounds senior and like, I, like I bench pressed like 260 pounds. Like, I mean, that's, that's kind of my body size. Like I was, I was short and super stocky and strong. And so if I got on top and I got legs in, and started working a power half or something else, you were in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, you know, somebody who was quick, or if I could get into, you know, going upper body with somebody, I could usually do pretty well. Mm-hmm. But boy, somebody who was going to shoot from the outside and, and be on my ankles and, you know, take away my strength was, was much more difficult for me to deal with. Yeah, that makes sense. I always wanted to either trip you or throw you from top, from neutral, get in close and work there. I, I was terrible at shooting. And then I like to control you from top. There were three legs in, but I wasn't, I wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because, like, I remember wrestling Chris Hayward, who is a, I mean, a fantastic coach, and he was a great wrestler in, in Florida. And, uh, boy, Chris, he would, he, he's, he just retired as the coach at Riverdale down in Florida. And he, um, boy, if he got on top of you and he could, he could start working his, you know, cradles and different things like that, he could make you miserable, <laughs> miserable. <laughs> yeah. 
and I got beat on plenty of times by by Coach Hayward. So, Jeez. Um, moving on to four A in North Carolina. Yeah, so four A, the last year and a half or so, two years. I mean, last year was weird in North Carolina because they didn't wrestle when we they they wrestled over the summer. Right. Um, all all high schools got pushed back. All activities got pushed back. So they wrestled over the summer. Um, Laney High School won, and Laney High School is in Wilmington, North Carolina, down you know very close to Myrtle Beach, Beach in South Carolina. Yeah. And. Um, and I think a lot of people looked at it and said, well, you know, it was an unusual year. Mm. Well, then Laney came back and, you know, pretty much smashed people and, and they didn't smash everyone. Uh, but they, they beat, they beat, uh, they beat everyone again this year in duels um, and took the title. So, um, you know, but for the most part in 4A, the strength is probably more in the middle to the west. Mm-hmm. The Lake Norman, Mooresville, Northwest Guilford, um, you know, Pinecrest, uh, which isn't in the west. It's more in the center of the state. Um, but lately, Laney, um, Laney has, has shown that they're the program. That they're, they're, in, in my opinion, they're the, pro, they're the program to be coming into this weekend. Nice. Awesome. Um, so it sounds like you're going to have a fun time this weekend. Yeah, I, I always have a good time. I mean, even when even when I have frustrations, uh, the High School Activity Association wouldn't let anybody on the, the report. Um, so me and the person who runs Georgia Butler kind of made, made that a lemon, you know, and dealt with the situation to get some of the information that we needed to be able to provide content and everything else. Um, but, I, I mean, the way it works is, at least over the last and right up until the in March when I finished, it's it's just never-ending. It's just, it's one one state tournament to the next tournament to the next state tournament. A whirlwind of some good high school wrestling across the southeast awesome um i heard i saw your i saw either you or somebody else posted about the struggle with media coverage down there and that was too pleasant yeah so to try to be succinct i i i certainly broadcasted um but to be succinct um they had a ton of media requests to cover the event. Mm-hmm. Um, so the decision by the GHSA was to not allow any of us on the floor. Jeez. And to be fair, to a degree, there's a lot going on on the floor. There's 12 mats. There's not a whole lot of room. Right. You know, you know, photographers and everything else. But that can't be the solution. <laughs> no. Um, and the reason it can't be the solution is, like, I care about the sport. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to try to figure out the best way to work around the situation. Right. But I watched the Atlanta Journal-Constitution photographer 
and the Henry County photographer and all these other individuals try to take pictures from behind plexiglass from the stands would stand up, run to the top around the Coliseum to go down the other side so that they could take a picture that on the other side. And you look, these, those photographers, they're, they're just doing a job. They don't, they don't, they don't care about our sport. And if you make it difficult on them, they just won't come and cover it. Right. And that's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah, I agree. So it needs more coverage like, you know, we're doing right now. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. We having conversations about about what's happening, you know, talking about the sport, um, you know, and I'll take whatever, whatever the Atlanta Journal-Constitution wants to take one picture and write an article and post it. Right. I'll take it. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I'm good. If, if they want to do a huge layout in the Henry County Reporter, I don't know if that's what it's called. You know, that's great. Mm-hmm. But, but we certainly do not want to sideline people who are trying to give coverage of these athletes and these programs. Right. I, I completely agree. So, you know, I mean, the newspaper, you know, situation is a it's kind of a dying situation right and and we need to embrace it as much as possible to keep it around to because it is one of the most way most important ways for you know people in the local community to kind of know about their athletes their schools so on and so forth so right anyway i don't want to get into too much of soapbox but uh, (laughs) that was my my biggest pet peeve was not being able to cover it because I go everywhere to cover it. Right. And, and I feel the same way that they do is look, if you're not going to give me access, that's fine. I'll just go somewhere else. Right. Well, is that what Georgia wants? Mm, no, I hope not. Well, the GHSA might not care, but the wrestling community cares. I know. Oh, that. Yeah, definitely. So. so I've got one more question for you and then I'll let you get out of here. So, you take all these long trips. I mean, you go. You've been to Tennessee. You're going to North Carolina. Uh, what are you listening to? <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, it's <laughs> it's funny. Um, I will listen to different podcasts, some wrestling related, many not wrestling related, and mm-hmm. I'll kind of tell you what I'm listening to, so you can. Look them up if you're interested. Um, and then, you know, I'll flip on, you know, Spotify and music. And and really, it just depends on kind of what mood I'm in. You know, I was listening to country music before I got on the phone with you. Um, but, you know, I could be listening to Eminem or, you know, uh, classic rock or, or whatever. Um, uh, but for the most part, I flip over to podcasts. And, and my, my favorite podcasts are... Um, so I don't know if you've ever listened to like uh, the Daily from New York Times or Serial um, or This American Life, more like public radio types of podcasts about the world around us. I think I used to, but I haven't in a, w- a long time. Yeah, so I I have a connection to the public radio world because my wife 
worked for NPR like stations for a long time. And, and uh, I really enjoy good in-depth reporting about, like I was listening to something on the Ukraine situation, um, you know, all that. So mm-hmm. it's my way of, uh, I don't catch local news. You know, I don't watch much on news on TV or anything like that. I spent a lot of time in the car, so that's my way to kind of know what's going on with the world. What does your wife think about you going on these long trips? Is she ready to get rid of you, or is she dismissed a little bit? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good question. Um, uh, I think that uh, I think that there's a couple things. One, she, she knows I enjoy it a lot, so, so she's supportive in that way. Um, you know, this summer we took off and spent three weeks driving to Fargo, North Dakota to cover a wrestling tournament. Nice. Um, you know, and, and when she goes with me, you know, uh, I'm the kind of person who stops in the St. Louis and, you know, I want to go visit this brewery or I want to go visit, you know, this, this place or that place, places that I don't usually get a chance to visit. So, you know, it can make it fun to kind of get to see the country and visit different places. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, she's really busy. She does a lot of things. She covers a lot of things. She does a lot of podcasts of her own. Um, and uh, and as a result, I think she's, you know, she, she loves to have me around. But, but it doesn't hurt her feelings when, you know, I'm gone for a few days either. Nice. Uh, what podcast does she do herself? Uh, we'll shout those out. Oh, um, yeah. So... She runs a podcast for Deloitte, uh, which is called The Press Room, um, and it covers, like, big, big ideas, like tech trends and, and large corporations and things like that. Mm-hmm. But her, uh, her, her main podcast that she really kind of has her passion project for, like I have for wrestling, is that she, um, she just dropped the civil rights trail podcast uh mm-hmm. for the alabama civil rights trail in alabama oh, and nice. she also did one uh in mississippi so it was like a series like a limited series like four podcasts that if you're going to mississippi and you're interested in and in understanding kind of the civil rights um you know what happened and the players and all that she interviewed historians and people who lived through the different events um, of the civil rights movement in the you know 60s and things along the 70s and and uh, she put together that those those podcasts for uh, the civil rights trails and things like that nice I'll have to check those out I, I love a little, good bit of history oh yeah no you'd love them um, yeah I, I, I learned lots I mean I, I consider myself to be fairly well educated as it relates to it but mm-hmm. I learned a ton of stuff that I didn't know so what uh, non-public uh, radio podcast are you listening to? Well, I mean, I obviously will, will pull in wrestling podcasts, right? We, right. Didn't we talk about that last time? Um, I think you uh, mentioned Blood Round. Yeah, so I listen to Blood Round. Um, I'll listen to uh, Jason Bryant does, you know, I think um, Hoke, the Hokey podcast. And, yeah. And and I, yeah, and I, yeah, and NC State and... And, you know, there's a few of those, um, but for the most part, uh, you know, I, I, I get so much wrestling 
during the week and and everything else i i can only take i hit my threshold and i get in the car and i'm like okay i'm gonna go listen to a i don't know a true crime podcast or i'm gonna go listen to uh, I, I love a podcast called through line mm-hmm. um and through line is about uh like the evolution of say the taliban uh over the last 50 years oh wow so it's kind of my way of decompressing away from uh, from wrestling. Boy, you listen to the Taliban to decompress. You know you got issues. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> now, I'm glad you showed me the Blood Round Wrestling Podcast because I love those guys. Yeah, they're so much fun, you know. Um, and did you wrestle or did you listen to the How Wrestling Changed My Life? Yes, I listened to them, uh, his episodes too. Yeah, Ryan. I think it's Ryan. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I like unusual takes um, on different things, and uh, and uh, Blood Round is just, they're just fun. They're just fun to talk to, fun to listen to. Um, you know, they seem to have a good time. That's, that I'm all in. I listen to a running podcast called 10 Junk Miles, and they're the wrestling version of that to me, just humor about wrestling. And humor about running? Yes, because 10 Junk Miles, they, t- they put humor on to running. Uh, yeah, like, and I don't. I, I'm interested. I'm intrigued because I don't know how you do that. <laughs> they're just go- they get together and they just talk about random stuff, and they might mix in a little bit of running, but they there's like four or five people in a room and they just talk random stuff, and they're hilarious. Got it, got it. Yeah, no, I think it's totally cool. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a big you know Joe Rogan experience kind of person. No, I agree. I'm not, I'm not really into. You know some of those things, but more history, you know, or something that's that's fun to listen to, kind of interesting. Um, those are those are kind of my areas. Most of my stuff is sports related or wrestling related. There you go, and that's why you do this one. Exactly. And you've been um, dropping you've been dropping a lot lately, haven't you? Um, I missed last week, but I dropped a small one this morning about Georgia baseball. Nice. Uh, I had. Paducah Tillman's wrestling coach on. They were at the uh, knockout Christmas Cup. That is totally cool. Um, I'm trying to get more of their coaches up there because they're uh, they don't get nowhere near coverage with Georgia does. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things I always tell people is because you know Georgia Grappler will be having a conversation with me, or I'll be talking with the guys there's a, a group up here in Carolina who do, who do a bunch of things and, you know, they were on for like two hours talking about the previews for this certain state tournament and stuff like that. And, and they're like, you know, did you listen? Cause they know how much I, I enjoy it. And I'm like, you know, when you produce content, your ability to take in content mm-hmm. is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like being a, uh, a performer, like a, you know, an actor and you're doing your show you don't get an opportunity to go see other people's shows very often. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I try to give, you know, the local stuff, especially region one sports and the, um, for those who inquired podcasts that I love, but that's mostly Murray state talk. I love, I love those guys. Yeah. Well, I, I, again, I think that the more we can talk about it, the more that can be done. I mean, as long as we're, you know, being fair in the way that we, you know, characterize it and, and all those different things. It's only it's only good for the sports that, you know, you cover. You know what I mean? 
Right. And that's why I'm, like I said, that's why I'm trying to get as much wrestling content as possible because it, like I said, I've, told, I've said this a lot, it doesn't get the coverage it deserves. I agree. 100%. Do you well, know, do you know how, do you, and I don't know if this will be on the podcast and I don't know that I want to broadcast or anything, but did anybody listen to our last one? Um, I'm pretty sure there's like 20 or so uh, listeners. Okay. I'll have to go back and look, but I, I think we were up there. Right. I, it's always interesting. You never know who, who will listen and who won't. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I try to tag as many wrestling people as possible in it, so I think people are going to like this one, too. It's just it's almost as long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people will listen to us. <laughs> well, more, more power to them. They're probably just in the car like I am, you know? Heck, yeah. Passing time. Awesome. Well, man, you, you got anything to publish or uh, pub before we get out of here? Um, no, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm heading to North Carolina and then I'll be in Florida and, and going to different places. Uh, I hope that, you know, anybody who's listening, I, I hope they're involved with, you know, what's going on over the summer, you know, a lot of freestyle and, and Fargo and, you know, stay involved with the sport if you're not playing another sport and, and all of those things. And I hope to continue to kind of keep track of, you know, the Southeast, you know, throughout the summer and, and, uh, and all that jazz. So, well, you've got an invitation. If you're ever in the Cartersville area, shoot, hit me up. And we'll try to hang out. That sounds good. Go grab a beer and some food. Heck yeah. I know a brewery right here in Cartersville. That's pretty good. Works for me. <laughs> awesome. Well, man, say travels up to North Carolina, uh, have fun, uh, in Greensboro where the swarm are. Ah, That's their uh, G League basketball team, by the way. Oh, is that right? Their baseball team is the Grasshoppers. Their G League basketball is the Swarm. And I think they're the Spartans for college. Could be wrong. I think you might be right. UNC Greensboro? Yes. Yeah, I think that might be right. Is this at UNC Greensboro? This is – no, this is at the – this is basically at the same venue as where they hold Super 32, uh, the Greensboro oh, okay. Coliseum. A different part of the Coliseum, but it's, uh, yeah, it's right next to each other. I actually, my, one of my only two matches in college, I actually wrestled with UNC Greensboro and got my butt kicked. Oh, is that right? Yeah. We went up to uh, Pembroke to wrestle a tournament. I got the number one seed, NC State kid, and then I got uh, UNC Greensboro, and I was out. <laughs> Well, a hundred years ago, I, I felt that pain. I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, like I said, safe travels up to Greensboro, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, man. You take care. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.